giving some meat from his wisdom, living, swimming with fins, fishing with seeing the shark. My heart society's bait, telling us wait. Baby's first name is mistake. It's a problem when the saints believe it. We slow dancing with sovereignty till we gotta be taken from this life like it's robbery. We just pottery. The joy is that the clay is shaped by grace, and the potter promised me that everything will work for good. This ain't lie. God, you're making me better. You making me better. And you choose to do Good it however, whenever, wherever. God, you making me better. You making me better. And you choose Good to do morning. it however, whenever, wherever. Good morning. Good morning. I'm just testing the mic. Good morning. <laughs> All right. Good morning. Anybody excited about the word this morning? Come on. This is exciting. Look around. Look around. This isn't even Christmas yet. What's going on? My leaders keep telling me we're going to have to knock down walls. I said, we got no more walls to knock down. What, what are we going to do? Well, amen, amen. Good morning. Make yourselves comfortable. Now that we got rid of 100 kids, we got some space. <laughs> Praise God. Let's pray real quick. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that your word never returns void. We thank you that your word is always growing, is always. I thank you, God, that your word chases us. I thank you, God, that your word catches up, that it goes before us, that it surrounds us, that it, that it captivates us, that it grabs us, that it arrests us, that it surrounds us. That it lifts us, that it, it holds us, that it covers us, that it protects us, that it shields us, that it encourages us, that it empowers us, that it excites us. Thank you, God, for your word which changes us. Change us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. All right, now I'm excited. Listen, I was sharing... Two, two weeks ago, I was, I was sharing, and, and I had two messages, all things and through him. And listen, if you haven't heard those two messages, I, I encourage you, you, you can't be members here until you heard those two messages, amen? I want you to go onto the website, to go onto the podcast. If you haven't heard those, I want you to download them and listen to them and let them get inside you, amen? Not because I preached them, but because it's good word, Amen? Because it's changing words. Listen, last week, I was, I mean, the, my last, the last time I shared, two weeks ago, I was sharing how we need to trust the provider above the provision. Amen? And, and the first half of the message, I gave you scripture and practical help. And, and then the last half, I just went off just sharing all the amazing things that God has done in my life. The amazing things that God has done in the life of this church. The amazing things that I've seen God do in people's lives. Because, because there's something so powerful about testimony. Amen? It, and, and, and it's one thing to hear, you know, oh yeah, my grandmother's pastor's cousin's sister. One time she got healed of a, of a hangnail and it was amazing and God does. And you're like, come on man, that doesn't affect me. We want to hear something that's happening with us. Amen? Something, I want to see God doing something among us. I want to I see, and those kind of testimonies are amazing. <clears throat> so I was sharing some of those and, and just talking about the favor of God. You know that, and I was just sharing with somebody the other day, 
Favor is better than money. Some of you chasing money, you should be chasing favor. Favor, see, money can't buy you favor with God. Money can't, there's some doors, believe it or not, that money can't open. But favor can open doors that money can't even touch. I'd rather have favor than money anytime. Come on, okay, good, we got the right crowd, all right. Amen. So I was just talking about that, and I was so blessed, man, and, and, and I was sharing all the blessings. And, and then, of course, when you start sharing that, I started to think about all the things because there was so much more that God has done. It wasn't like those five or six stories. There's so much more. And once you open the floodgates to that, then you can't stop thinking and start remembering all the things that, that God has done. And, and, and you see, if you're new here, you need to understand a little bit about our history. This church started in my apartment, in my, in my house. We started in my living room, dining room. We made a makeshift church. It was amazing. We had a great time, and we outgrew it the first Sunday. <laughs> Praise God. By the second Sunday, we took a step of faith, and we rented this little place on Beach Avenue. It was a little hole in the wall. They charged us $600 a month, and we could only use it for two hours on Sunday. But, I mean, and, and that might not sound like much to you, but you think about $600 a month you had to come up with to have a little spot for two hours on a Sunday that you had to clean, set up, make church because it wasn't a church, right? And so we filled that place up, and then we got excited, and God was doing things, and, you know, we had, it was so filled that we had people worshiping in the bathroom because the bathrooms were in the back, and so people were in the bathrooms. They're like, brother, I got to use the bathroom. Can you get out? All right, thank you. Thank you. And, and so once we filled that place up, we got excited. We took a step of faith and rented a storefront on the second floor of Westchester Avenue. And now that storefront, we could fit a hundred and some people in there. We were so excited. It was, it was great. I mean, it was the roach infested, and it was, it was above a pizzeria and a, and a Chinese food place and a nail place. So if you weren't getting high from the nail fumes, you were smelling all the, everything else. And they, you, we were literally above the pizza ovens, which is nice in the winter, but in the summer. <laughs> so listen, we could have stayed there 10, 15 years like many storefront churches do. We could have put up signs, we could have put up lights, we could have put up everything and said, this is our church, this is where we are. We don't fit too bad. Don't worry, I'll offend enough people, they'll leave and more people could come. <laughs> Praise God. But, but we didn't, and so we felt, we felt like, no, we said, we said, God's got more than this. God's got more than this. And, and so we took a step of faith and we left that and we rented this crazy warehouse this was, imagine the, the wall, blue walls, none of this was here. This is wide open. This was full of trucks and boilers and junk and paint cans. And, and I got to put up a, a slideshow one day and just show you what this place looked like. But we rented this entire place. It was three or $4,000 more than what we were paying over there. And I remember coming here and, and, and I, I remember getting to this warehouse. We came here with like 80 chairs and we spread them out. We had them like spread out. Like, we try to fill the space with 80 chairs. <laughs> Just so to give you an idea, there's 300 chairs in here right now. So we had 80 chairs, like, real spread. Like, you couldn't you could even touch your neighbor, you know? <laughs> like, past the offering, you had to get up <laughs> and pass. We had them spread out, you know, to make it look big, you know? And I remember, listen, I remember when we built this stage. We broke night one time with, with an art, with a... Uh, <laughs> he was a carpenter and, and a bunch of us, and we said, let's build the stage. He donated all these materials, and we built. And I remember I instantly regret it 
Because we had this monster 15-foot stage, three feet up with stairs and, and all this. And we had 80 chairs. I said, I have more stage than chairs. What? <laughs> I was embarrassed. I instantly regretted it. I regretted it. Instantly. Now, now, now look. Now we got a dance team that they're dancing in the aisles because there's not enough room here to dance. Amen? Listen, listen, here's a story that, that maybe the new guys, you, 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 don't, you don't know. We, we designed this stage. I built it, and I wanted, I wanted a, a baptistry in here. For those of you who don't know, there's a baptistry underneath this platform with stairs into a pool and stairs out. And, and so I knew. I said, I want this. We, we built this stage. I said, I want a baptistry in there. And then I Googled it, and I found out they were like four grand. And I said, okay, we don't really need a... <laughs> I got 80 chairs. I'm not going to spend four grand. I don't have four grand. I got the rent. But I said, you know what? In faith, I'm going to make a hole. Listen to this. Listen to this. I took the measurements online. I said, it, it measures this, this, this. And so we put the measurements into the drawing of this. And so we made a stage with a hole ready for the baptistry that we picked, that we wanted. The one with the stairs in and the stairs out. And, and so we built the stage. We built this cover for it. I said, okay, we're good. We're never, I said, we're not going to get to that for years, man. There's no way we're going to have four grand. A week or two after we built the stage, I get a phone call. Listen, you, you got you to know this to, to even believe this. Two, I think it was two weeks after we built the stage, I get a phone call from a Korean pastor in Queens. He says, Pastor, you don't know me. <laughs> I said, okay, we got that right, you know. <laughs> and he said, but listen, we just, our church just bought a new church, and the new church that we're going to has a baptistry already, and so we're leaving a baptistry here, and I was calling to see if you could use it. Do, do you understand how crazy that is? Do, do you under, I didn't put a Craigslist ad. I, there wasn't Craigslist back, back then. I, I, didn't, I didn't do anything. We built a hole. And I get a phone call. God said, I got a baptistry for you. You want to come pick it up? We'll give it to your church free. I was like, you haul quick. 80 bucks. Took three of us. We went. Listen, we brought the baptistry here. We figured we're going to bring it here. I'm going to have the carpenter, you know, adjust and make the changes and to, to this one because, I mean, what are the chances? No. We get here. We brought it. We brought it. We brought it. Kukunk. Exactly fit. Exactly the hole that we already had. Come on, man. See, when you understand that God's got more, you don't settle for less. That's what I want to get you to. I want us all to be at that level. When you understand God's got more, you won't settle for less. The, let's, all oh, my single people got to hear this. <laughs> don't accept less than God's best. Don't tolerate less. Don't put up with less. That's right. Two singles standing up. Amen. They just wanted you to know they were singles. You know? That's a good move. That's a good move. Tell somebody God's got more. See, listen. All I have seen teaches me to trust the creator for what I have not seen yet. Write that down. That's good notes. So I was saying, anyway, that Sunday I left here. I was so excited. You were excited. I was excited. I was blessed, man. But listen, by Monday, guess what? By Monday, I was convicted. 
By Monday, I was having dinner with my wife, and we were talking about it. Because once you open these floodgates, you got to stop talking. Oh, I remember when God did this, and remember when God did this. And then she would remind me things I even forgot. But remember when God provided this. And remember when God gave us this other vacation. And remember when God gave us that other car. And remember, and, and she was reminding me of more of these things. And, man, it was just crazy. And then I instantly, I got convicted at dinner. And I remember telling her, I said, listen, man, we used to believe God for everything. We used to like, we used to dream big. We used to have these big, crazy ideas. Let's start a high school. We did. I mean, we, we used to have these major, crazy dreams, and, and God would provide, and God would do them. And so I got convicted. I sat there at dinner, and I asked her, what do we believe in God for now? Because I felt like, what are we, see, when you have no choice, tell somebody, when you got nothing, <laughs> When you got nothing, it's, it's, it's easy to say, well, if this is going to happen, it's got to be God. When you got nothing, when you got no choice, when you don't got two nickels that one is borrowed, you know, you know what I'm saying? You owe one. And <laughs> when you got nothing, it's easy to say, well, God, if you're going to do this, if this is your dream, then you're going to have to do it. Amen? So listen, church, let me give you a little lesson there. When times are rough... When times are scarce, when times are dry, use it to grow. Because that's the best time to grow. That's the easiest time to grow. Listen, when you got nothing, you, it's so easy. When you got nothing, I know nobody wants to be here, but some of us are here. It's okay. When you have nothing, it's so cool to say, God, nothing's going to change unless you help me change this. And be specific and say, God. This is, you know, God, I'm, I surrender everything that I have to you, God. I surrender. I wanted to do this. I feel like doing this. I want to do this. I want But God, you know what? I surrender. God, if you get me through this dry season, it, it, I, I'll, I'll testify. God, only you, this will be a glory to you. Only you could move me out of this dry space. Don't get over it. Grow over it. Come on. Because, because church, I'll tell you, when times are a little better, when there's a few more people coming, it's, 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 you know, it, it, then, then it's, it's easier to rely on what you have. And it's easier to stop relying so much, stop depending so much on God. Then, it, then it's easy. That's when you have, and, and I'm sorry, but this happened. That's when you have churches start manipulating people. All right, guys, if 100 of you gave $1,000, we'd have $100,000. We could build the other side. So let's go. Who's got $1,000? Put your hands up in faith. That's when you start manipulating people. Take $20 out of your wallet right now, hold it up, and wave it at God. Come on, come on. You, you've, you heard it. I, you, you know what I'm talking about. When we, start, when we start saying, well, there's provision here, we can do a lot, then we stop depending on God and we start looking on us. Amen? That's why the word says we need to come at him with a childlike faith. I love that. Listen, childlike faith focuses on the Father, not our fears. Write that down. That's good notes. Church, I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm believing for more. <laughs> I'm ready to believe God for bigger things. I'm ready. We have to believe that God's got more. So I'm starting a new series today. And the title is One Four-Letter Word, and it's more. That's the title of the series, More. And we're going to preach about more to the end of the year, to the year finishes. Every, every message, I haven't planned this out yet, so I'm stepping out in faith. Every message is going to have the word more in it. So the end of the year, amen? amen? Now, don't get it twisted. This isn't about more money, more stuff, more prosperity, more blessing. No, no, no. I'm talking about more faith. 
I'm talking about more trust. I want us to grow more. I want us to believe more. I want us to achieve more. I want us to walk it out more. I want us to, to love more. <laughs> we need to reach more. I don't know where we're going to put them, but we need to reach more. Amen? I haven't planned this out, but, but I believe. Listen, so that by the time the new year hits us, there's going to be more faith in here. There's going to be more love in here. There's going to be more acceptance, more responsibility. There's going to be more expectancy, amen? Yeah. More maturity. <laughs> Listen to this quote. Be prepared at all times for the gifts of God and be ready always for new ones. For God is a thousand times more ready to give than we are to receive. Amen. Thank you. Can you imagine how we'll walk if we really believe that? God is a thousand times more ready to give than we are to receive. Ephesians 3.20. Check out this scripture. I love this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever and ever. Amen. Immeasurably more. I love that word. What does it mean? Immeasurably more. It means more than can be measured. That means if you can measure it, there's more. That's, that's not enough. It's more than can be measured. Let me give you an example of that from the scriptures. Amen. I want you to look in your Bible apps for 2 Kings chapter 4. And let's get into some scripture this morning. 2 Kings chapter 4. This is probably my favorite Old Testament passage. I haven't shared on it in years because I always got to hold back because I just, I love this, this passage. When you get there, say, say, say uh, grow me. Don't lie. You're not even there. Some of you just lied. You're like, grow me. That's Instagram. Stop lying. Open the Bible app. I could be making this up. 2 Kings chapter 4. Second, amen. All right. So the four of you that checked it out, you guys can see. Tell everybody if I'm telling the truth, if this is really in the scriptures. Amen. All right. 2 Kings chapter 4. It starts this way. It says, the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha. And she says, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my boys as his slaves. Let me give you a little background. These were the days of Elisha the prophet. And in these days, God's people, Israel, they had divided into north and south. And there was, it was a bad time to be a believer. These were God's people, but they were far from God's people. Right? And, and it, there was wickedness. Listen, the, the court system acknowledged Baal worship. The, why? Because even the king was the son of Ahab and Jezebel, who introduced Baal worship to the Israelites. So this was a bad time. God's people were far from God. They were worshiping idols. It was common and acceptable. The world was unsympathetic to God and to his people. It sounds a lot like us today, right? It wasn't popular to follow God or to believe in God alone. Most of the Israelites, were they, they believed in God and another God. They believed in the God of his, Jacob Israel, and 
more stuff. It's like a lot of us, right? We believe in God and our horoscopes. We believe in God and our fortunes. We believe in God and other stuff. It's a lot like us today. We believe in God and light a candle to a saint. We believe in God and have a little altar at the house. We believe in God and uh, a Mary. A lot, a lot like this time of God's people were back then. So it wasn't popular. People weren't God's people. But listen, there was a certain group. Amen. Come on. There's a remnant. God always has a remnant. So there was a certain group that followed God and that followed the prophets. And so Elijah and now Elisha, the next, the predecessor to him, he was a teacher in these groups. They were like Bible schools and they called them the, the sons of the company of the prophets or the sons of the prophets. And so this widow that we're studying, her husband was one of those men. So she was a believer. She was sold out for God. Her husband was part of the company of prophets. So that means he's going to Bible school. He's following Elisha. He's, he's working in ministry. He's doing the things that God wants him to do. He's a man set apart by God. But listen, apparently he dies. Say, so sad. He dies before his time, before he's able to take care of business and prepare his family for hard, the hard times that they're living in. And apparently he died with some extensive debt. Husbands, take a note here. <laughs> is, your home, is your home prepared that if you die, things are taken care of? I know that's a whole separate message, but still. So apparently he dies. There's some extensive debt. He's got such, such bad debt that in that time, just so you knew, it was customary in that time. If you owed money, you could sell yourself or sell your kids. I know some of you want to sell your kids. Some of you are like, where we can do that today? <laughs> Sell my kids for debt? <laughs> and so you or, or your kids, they would have to work to pay off that debt. And until that debt was paid off, then they wouldn't be free. They'd be slaves, right? And so she's saying, we owe so much that they're going to take both. She's an old lady. Nobody wants an old lady to work, right? So she can't do anything. They're going to take both her sons. They owe that much money that they're gonna, the creditors come in to take both her sons away to work off that debt. And understand, for a widow, if you take her sons, that means she has no way of making any money. She's going to die too. They're going to take her sons and she's going to die. Just so you kind of understand the story. Amen? So the widow comes to Elisha and she says, Hey, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know he loved the Lord. You know he was in your class. He was in the front row. You know he was the one that always answered the questions. He was the one that loved God. He was probably one of your best students. You know him. She's telling him, he was a servant of God. He was a follower of the prophets. But now the debtor is coming to take my boys. Now, understand, God had given scriptures, and in the scriptures, God had told his people Israel how they're supposed to take care of the widows. The word says that we're supposed to take in widows, that we're supposed, God says that's the only religion I respect. is the, the, the blessing of the widows, the taking care of those in need, the poor. Right? And so, but at this point, everybody's doing their own thing. Ain't nobody caring about nobody widow. Ain't nobody caring about anybody. Everybody's out for self. Amen? Sounds a lot like today. So she's going to Elisha, and she's believing God's going to do something through him because she's heard all the miracles that Elisha's done. She's heard all the stuff that, that God has been doing through Elijah and through the prophets, and she knows that God's got more. And so she's standing up, and she's crying to help from God through Elijah. Verse 2, Elijah replies to her, how can I help you? 
Elijah, Elijah has the heart of God. He says, how can I help you? What can I do for you? He asks her, what do you have in your house? Listen, whenever God asks you, what do you have? Get ready because he's about to do something. Amen? Whenever we read that in the scriptures, God's about to do something. He says, Elijah says, what do you have in your house? Elijah doesn't say, get this woman away from me. She's a nobody. The Bible doesn't even give us, give us her name. He, he doesn't say she's not important, she's not influential. Yeah, her husband was from the prophets, but he's dead, so, so what? No, he answers like the heart of God. He says, what do you have that I could use? Listen, listen. Like we do a lot, she underestimates and she undervalues her whole situation. She says, your servant has nothing there at the house at all. All she has is a little oil. All she has is a little oil. Now, this is just kind of an illustration. I'm sure this is nothing like this, but I want you to just get the picture. She says, all your servant has is a little oil. The, the awesome thing about this passage and the awesome thing about our God is that God doesn't need much to make much. Come on, get excited about that. God doesn't need much to make much. <coughs> Moses told God, all I got is this stick. Man, and God told him to throw it on the ground. It became a serpent. He said, pick it back up. It became a rod again. People that looked on the face of this were healed. He said, all I got is a stick. God said, that's all I need. When Jesus was going to feed the 5,000 and plus that were gathered there, right? He said, he told the apostles, feed these people. He said, you crazy? It's going to cost too much money to feed these people. He said, well, what do we have? He said, all we got is two chicken nuggets and four french fries. We got fish sticks and french fries. That's all we got. He said, good, good. That's all I need. Start handing it out. Start handing it out. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the, the ushers, the disciples' face? He said, go, start handing it out. He said, uh, Jesus, you didn't hear me. I said, I got two fish sticks and four french fries. He said, good. That's all I need. Start handing it out. God don't need much to make much. Somebody say, God's got more. <coughs> Start using what you have in your hand. It may seem like nothing to you, but God says, God said, I could use the little that you surrendered to me to make more. Amen? Start using what you have. But listen, you may, you may think you got nothing to give, but your provider is behind your provision. When you get these things in the right order, man, things are exciting. We concentrate so much on the provision and forget about the provider. When we worship the provider, then the provider is behind the provision. And you can say, all I got is this in the bank. God says, that's all right, but I'm behind this. All I got is this. That's all right, but you got favor. And favor would open doors that money can't open anyway. Your provider is behind your provision. Oh, man, that's all somebody needed. Go home. You're done. The widow says, I got nothing. All I got is a little oil. Now, we have to understand the power. We have to stop underestimating the power of God, church. It, the, the, the worship was so amazing today. The, the, we've lost our sense of wonder. We've lost our sense of, of, like, God is God. We come and worship him and we sing songs to him and it becomes natural. It becomes so routine. Oh, God, you are great and God, you are awesome and God, you are. 
And, and, and it's like, like we're at a Beyonce concert or something stupid like that. Right? God is not Beyonce. God is not it. No, no, let me not even let me go there. Let me not offend more of you. God is teaching us that anything we surrender to him, he can make more. Amen? Pray for Beyonce. She needs God. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> See, whenever I hear, whenever, uh, ch- d- d- practice this. Look, whenever you hear yourself say, all I have is this. Imagine God's response saying, good, because that's all I needed. All I have is a little time. Well, good, because that's all I need from you right now. But all I can do, I, I can't do this like this person does. I can't do this. All I can do is this. He goes, good, because that's exactly what I need you to do. Just picture God's response saying, good, because that's all I need from you. Good, because that's all I need you to do. Good, because that's all I need you to walk in. So there's no more excuses. Tell somebody, no more excuses. Come on. God will use whatever we surrender to him and do more than we could ask or imagine. She says, all I have is a little bit of oil. Your, Your sermon has nothing. All I got is a little bit of oil. Understand why oil is such a valuable and necessary thing to have in that time. They used oil for cooking. They used oil for their skin. They used oil for just about everything, for light, to light lamps. The oil was used for everything. So oil was a very valuable thing. But she's saying, even that, all I got is a little bit. I don't got enough oil to do anything with. I can't cook. I can't light lights. All I got is a little bit of oil. So oil was a valuable thing. So listen to the the man of God. Elijah says, verse 3. Go, here's what I want you to do. Be careful when you ask God for help because he'll tell you to do something. <laughs> Come on. We want, we, want, we want Aladdin. We want, give me three. And then God does everything. God, be careful when you ask God to do something. God's going to ask you to walk in something. God's going to ask you to step out and do something. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So, so he, he tells her, go around, this is crazy, go around and ask all of your neighbors for empty jars. In that time, every, there was no glass, everything was made out of earth, you know, those, those the clay pots, but I didn't have any at home. So, so I took all of my wife's vases and pictures. And he said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few, he tells her. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside your house, shut the door behind you and your sons, and then pour oil into the jars. And listen to what he says. As each is filled, put it to the side. What? Now understand, this is going to require a level of faith for her. She knows all I got is this, even if this was full, but it's not. All I got is a little bit. He said, go to all your neighbors and ask for jars. Get a bunch of them. Don't just get a few. She knows how much oil she has. She knows if the first neighbor gives her this jug, I'm done. (laughs) I can't even get this jar wet. (laughs) She knows. She knows that. You, you, You get this, right? You get the level of faith this takes. Go and ask for jars. If she would have went to the first neighbor and she gives her this, she would have said, okay, that's it. 
We'll tell, we'll tell Elijah nobody else was home. <laughs> Whatever, it's just an illustration anyway. You know? God just wants me to do a little illustration before I get the, you know, ba-bang. Listen, her collection of faith equaled her level of faith. Her collection of jars equaled her level of faith. That's good for your notes. She knew she had this little flask of oil, and she went around with her sons asking to borrow big, empty jugs. What is she thinking? Imagine, she, she's there. I would think I'm going to be embarrassed in front of my sons. My sons are asking for these big, and you know, when you have little boys coming to your house, you're going to give them whatever they want. Ah, que lindo. Papi, papi, give them the drugs. Give them all of them. Mendy, look how cute he is. He's asking, can you get drugs for my mommy? Whatever, Here, here's a drug. I know your mother's poor. So, see, they went around. See, stories like us show, stories like this show us that we will be tested, but God can be trusted. Oh, come on. Write that down. We will be tested, but God can be trusted. So it says, okay, she left him, and afterwards she gets all the jars. She gets them in the house. <coughs> Verse 5, she left him, and afterwards she shut the door behind her and her sons. Notice, Elijah didn't want to be in the room. Why? It's not an Elijah thing. This is a God thing. Church, we have to stop putting our faith in men. Stop putting your faith in preachers, pastors, leaders. We got to put our faith in God and keep it in God. Amen? Men will fail you. Is that okay for your pastor to tell you? Men will fail you. I might run right by you one day and not say hello because I'm thinking about a hundred other things. And you will be let down and you will be disappointed and you will be offended and you'll go to another church. Good for you anyway because you were trusting me instead of trusting God. You need to trust God hears you. God sees you. God acknowledges you. God hears your prayers. Forget this guy. I'm not even a shepherd. I'm a junior shepherd. I'm the dog that runs behind the shepherd. Jesus is the shepherd. We got that theology twisted. The pastor is not the shepherd. The pastor is the dog that runs behind the shepherd. And the shepherd says, I want all my sheep to come this way. The dog runs around and he, he gets all the sheep to go the right way. You, 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 know, you see the picture? You know what I'm talking about? So I'm just a dog. Trust the shepherd. Amen? Amen. Woo! That's good stuff. So, so they're in the room they're without Elijah. Now it's just... Her and her two sons, and they got all these jars in the room. I imagine they filled the room with jars, because that's, I think that's what I would have done. Filled the room with jars. You know, it's probably a little, little shack, adobe hat that they live in anyway. So they filled the room with jars. They lock in her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. And, wow, you see all that oil filling that? It's, it, use your imagination. Whoa, 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 look, look, almost full, almost full. And she said, give me another jar. And they would bring another jar. Whoa, spill some oil on the floor there. It's, it's, you see it overflowing? Use your imagination. Look at that. Whoa, whoa. Usher's going to have to clean all this up. This is a mess. I'm sorry, guys. And they filled it up, and they filled it up. And then, and then this one, she goes, give me another jar. Give me another jar. Quick, 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 quick. Whoa. And they filled another jar. And this little thing is filling jugs full of oil. Can, can, you, can, you, can you picture that? And then it says, she said to her son, bring me one more, bring me one more. And, and the son said, there's no more. And then the oil stopped flowing. 
Come on, stand up and sit down. Come on. Come on. Can you imagine the look on their faces? Can you, I, I was picturing uh, Caleb and Hannah during this story. Can you imagine Caleb and Hannah? Hannah, bring another jar. Bring another jar. Bobby spill it. And then, and then Caleb said, there's no more jars. And Hannah said, stop playing around. This is serious. And, and Caleb's just messing with oil, putting oil on his face. <laughs> He's acting up. I was picturing the whole thing. Hannah, stop playing. This is serious. And so there's no, he said, there's no more jars. And it's empty. The oil stopped flowing as soon as the jars. This is an incredible picture of the grace of God. Incredible picture of the grace of God. Listen, while there is an empty, longing heart, there is continual overflowing. If we find in any place or at any time that the oil ceases to flow, it's because there's no more empty vessels left. It's because there's no more souls hungering and thirsting for righteousness. If there's no more oil flowing in your life, it's because there's no more emptiness in you. And that could be a good thing or a bad thing. I'd say it's more like a bad thing because as God pours into us, we should be pouring out. It should always be a kind. If we just want to hoard, hoard a bunch of jars full of oil, this is going to start to stink. This kind of, I, I want to be able to be poured into, and then while I'm getting more, I'm pouring out. And then, and then while I'm getting more, I'm pouring out. And, pour, and that's how you keep the oil flowing, amen? When the oil stops flowing, it means there's no more emptiness. The limitation was not in the oil, but in the lack of empty vessels to fill. Church, church, there's no shortage of supply for you. There's always more in God. God always has more. The lack is in the empty vessels. So let me ask you, church, worship team, you can start coming. How is your collection of empty vessels coming along? What are you believing God for? What are you stepping out and thinking the impossible God in God for? What, how, how big is your collection of empty vessels? Church, without faith, it's impossible to please God. I want you to ask yourself, what does your collection of vessels say about your faith? Let's finish the story. Check this out because there's more. God's got more. Now she has all the jars filled with oil. Every, there's jars all over the room filled with oil. All these jars are filled with oil. All of these jars are filled with oil. All over the room, they're filled with oil. She goes to Elisha. Verse 7. She went and she told the man of God. He said, oh, she said, all the jars are filled. I did as you asked. And, and this little, he, she was like, you don't understand, Elijah. She probably, you know, I imagine this was a lot more, more than this calm. I imagine she's running and kissing Elijah and jumping. You don't understand. Every jar got full. I mean, I have big jars and little jars and fat jars and skinny jars and tall jars and short jars. And every jar is full with oil. And then as soon as I had no more, then there was no more jars. Then there was no more oil. It only stopped when I ran out of empty jars. 
And Elijah tells her, okay, good. Now go sell the oil, pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what's left. No, no, y'all not understanding that. You're definitely not understanding that because if some of you had debts, you'd be jumping up and down right now. She said, he said, now go sell the oil and you and your sons can live on what? Look, she had a need. Her need was her debt. God met her need and more. God provided past the need. You got to get this before you leave. He said, now you can pay off your debt. That means you're going to keep your sons. That means you can keep your sons because your debt is paid off. He said, you're going to pay off your, your, your debt and here's the cash for life winning numbers for you. Oh, some of you understood that. The rest of you too holy for lotto. <laughs> She won cash for life. He said, she said, your debt is paid off. You're going to keep your sons, and now you can live on the rest. See, whenever we give God our little, whatever we have, whatever we can do. Listen, some of you have been asking, God, I just need you to get rid of my debt. God said, but I got more than that. Your debt is a joke to me, God said. Trust me with bigger things than that. Some of you are saying, God, if I just got this job, I, I just need to get this job and then I can take care. See, that's where you messed up. You think if you got this job, then you can handle it from here on in. That's where we mess up. We got it. If you just pay off my debt, then I'm good. No, you're not good. You'll get into more debt. I know you, God says. I know you. If I pay off your visa, you said, I got an empty visa. And then I get a letter in the mail that Visa just increased my limit because I just paid everything off. I need new furniture, baby. I need a new, Bobby could use a pair of shoes. And I know if I just paid off your debt, you're going to be in debt in six months again. The card's going to be maxed out. Your phone's going to be ringing again. Hello, Mr. Murder. Yeah. Any idea when you're going to make that payment? Can we make a payment now over the phone, partial? Anybody been there? <laughs> we just want, we're asking God, God, I just want to get by. God wants to set you up for life. Get out, get out of that wick check, EPT card swiping mentality. God wants more for you. God's card never gets declined. Come on. If you've ever been declined, it's exciting. God, you don't have, you know, you know when you get that brand new card and it's empty, you, you give it with confidence. He said, I know it's not going to get denied. This is brand new. Right? It's later on. Once you got it maxed out a little bit, that's when you go like, you give the card and you're like, oh, it went through. Thank you. Because you give it with that hesitation, you're like, I don't know if it's going to go through, but let's try this one. No, okay, 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 do me a favor, put 20 on that one, and then put, come on, come on, I'm talking to some of you. All right, all right, done 20, all right, all right, all right, all right, put 17 on this one, put 11 bucks on this one, and then put the balance here. 
I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And there's 16 people in line behind you. And you're trying to balance it. God's got more for you than that. Matthew 6, 19 says, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where the moths and the vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where the thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Come on, we're going to worship together in a moment before we leave. But somebody got to get that poverty mentality broken off of them. If that's you, somebody got to get them more. God's got more for you. I want you to start to gather the empty vessels. I want you to get home, take, take stock of how many empty vessels I'm going to put before the Lord. This isn't about money, you understand me. This is about walking in God's favor. This is about, about, about trusting God with everything. This has been, if you're still stuck on this is about money, then you missed the whole message. Rewind, start again. God's got more now to him. Let's bow our heads for a minute. And let me just pray this scripture over your life. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to the power that's at work within us. To him be glory in the church and glory in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen and amen. Father, we just come before you, Lord, and we ask as we start this series, God, that it would be your heart. We ask, God, that you would give us increase, God, in the level that we believe for. Increase, God, in what we're going to trust you for. God, I understand that there needs to be a release before your increase, God. And so I ask right now that you would show us, show us what are those things we need to release. What are those things that we're holding on to that we put before you, God? What are those things that we're trusting in? Are we trusting in the bank account that we do have, some of us? Are we trusting in the good job that we that some of us do have where, where we make great money? Are you trusting in that? Is that what you're relying on? Because God says that could be gone today, that could be gone tomorrow. See, some of us, God just showing me, some of us been, some of us been asking God for things that we don't have the faith to walk into yet. You're asking God for things that you're not willing to step out in. And God says, when I when you allow, when you when you're willing to gather empty vessels when you only have a small jug, then come back to me with that situation. Because without faith, it's impossible to please me, God says. You have to believe that I am before you can come to me for anything. And some of us are still trusting and believing in so many other things. God says, you can't have me and something. I'm all you need. I am the I am. I'm the I am. What does that mean? That means there's nothing else. I am the I am. You can't have me and something else. 
So, Father, touch us, God. Touch these families, Lord. I just pray, God, for an increase of love in each and every one of us, God. An increase of belief. An increase, Lord God, of trust. An increase of faith, Lord God. An increase in boldness, Lord. The ability to walk out what we believe in. The ability to chase the dreams that we have. The ability to believe, God, that you got more in store for us, Lord God. If you want to come up here and pray with somebody and have somebody believe with you, I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up right now and stand here with you. Even though I want even the prayer team to just get a double dose of this. So as they stand here pouring out, I'm praying that God is going to pour into them even more. We're going to do a, a, a jug oil pouring situation here. As, as, as God pours into her, I want her to pour into you. Come on. Come on, get this picture, get this picture. Get this picture. Nobody up here is better than any of you. As God pours into her, I, I want her to pour into you. Let's just be vessels, man. Let's just be vessels. Amen. Let's get these people all full of oil. Let's just be vessels. Let's be vessels. Come on, come believe God. Come believe God. Let's just be vessels. 